have started a new series this morning. Uh, the first part, you'll notice that it, it has a lot of pepper, pepper in it. Got a little hot sauce and stuff like that. But it's good. All right. All right. Second Corinthians chapter number six. Uh, I'm teaching on the book of Genesis chapter one, verse one. Let's go back there. The book of Genesis chapter one, verse one. You know, when I see, when I see what God got for his people, I, I don't want you to miss out on what God got for you. And I'm talking about some good stuff, man. I don't want to see you miss out on life. From the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. We're going to look at the first two verses because that's where we're going to get our subject. We are talking about the temple of God. That's why I read you 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 through 18. You are the temple of the living God. Now, my job as your pastor is to make sure that I bring life to that because that's what the word does, give life. Verse number one, Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the Bible said the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Remember that verse. One verse says, And the earth was without form. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, and of course, God began to speak. But what I want to do today is I want to bring you into this. Remember, you only heard one tape. There's a lot of things that God has given me <clears throat> concerning the temple of God. First of all, I want to remind you who you are. Then I also want to remind you of everything God has for you. Remember, you're not the temple of God if you don't have the spirit of God living in you. We, we want to make sure you understand that. If the spirit of Christ is not in you, you're not the temple of God. So in doing this time, I hope we examine ourselves. We, I talked about that in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. So let a man examine himself, whether he be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know you're not your own self, whether Christ, Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 5. So you got to check yourself out. Make sure you are who you are. All right, because if Christ not in you, you are not the temple of God. But if you are the temple of God, then you must live the life that God has laid out for you to live or some things you can do. Let, let, let's go to uh, some things I want to get into this morning. First of all, let's go to Isaiah 66, because uh, I asked God this question about the temple of God, and this is what he gave me. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse number one. When you realize who you are, as a matter of fact, living holy comes Spiritual now. I, I used to say living holy come natural. You know what I mean? It come automatic. But when you're in Christ, living holy come automatic. Because you know what is expected of you. The presence of God is where we're going to take you to. Let me tell you where, my, where I'm going to take you to. I thought it was going to be that today, but I'm not ready for that today. I'm going to teach one day on the presence of God. I'm, I'm going to show you that this is what God wants. He wants you to live in his presence. He wants to be able to live in your presence. That's what he wants. God created us for his purpose. Now, it's an awesome thing to know when God created Adam, he created, created Adam to live in him, to walk in him, to live in him. Every day. All right? And the fellowship with him. That's what God created him for. And we know after he, Eve and him ate of the tree of neither good and evil, I'm going to show you what happened here. They fell from grace. Now, when I get to teach you that, you're going to see salvation is not exactly like you thought. That teaching is going to bring it out. But Isaiah chapter 66 
We're going to look at verse 1 and 2, then we're going to go down to verse 22. Isaiah chapter 6 and 6 uh, and verse 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne. So I, taught, I gave you Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Well, what did he create? He created the heaven. Well, what is the heaven? The heaven is his throne. And then he says, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build me? And where's the place of my rest? For all these things has my hand made. And all these things has been, has been, said the Lord. But to this man would I look even to him that is a poor and contrite spirit and that trembles at my word. All right, that's what God wants from us. All right, now let's look at verse number 22, same chapter, Isaiah 66 and 22. In verse 22, the Bible says, for as the new heavens. Now, isn't this something how Isaiah ends? Because Isaiah is a complete picture of the Bible. As the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make. So we know for us not to have the new heaven and new earth now means that God promised and didn't fulfill it. And the Bible plainly told us all the promises of God in Christ is yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God, the Father, by us. So God has fulfilled. So to say God has not done this, you are saying that the book of Revelation is not legit. Because in the book of Revelation, God says he has a new heaven and a new earth. Here in verse 22 says, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make. Now, if God has not kept his promises, then are you saying that God did not make it, the new heaven, new earth yet? No, yes, he did. John saw it, Revelation 21 and 1. For as the new heaven and new earth, which I would make shall remain before me, said the Lord, so shall your seed, which is Christ, and your name, which is Israel, remain. And we know we, we live in today, 2,000 years later, Israel still remains. But we don't know what the new heaven, new earth is, and that's why I'm here. All right. Now, why are there in Isaiah chapter 66? Back up to Isaiah 65, and let's look at verse 17, 18, and 19. The Bible told you what the heaven and the earth is. We got to take God at his word. It's not I look up and I see the clouds and the sky and that's heaven. Oh, yeah, it is. But that's not what God talking about all the time. And then I looked down, and I saw the ground. That's earth. Yes, but that's not what God talking about all the time. So we have to understand here and watch what he says in verse 17. Isaiah 65 and 17. For behold, I create. Now remember, all you got to do is look in the Bible and see what God created. Because he said, I create new heavens and a new earth. Then it tells you the former shall not be remembered or come into mind. So he told you, I create new heaven, new earth. And then there's a former. So we'll go to uh, Galatians 4, 21 through 26 after this. And we'll show it to you. God shows it to Paul. But you shall be glad, but be ye glad and rejoice in that which I create. Now remember, he created, not talking about, this is creation. And then he told him what he created. But be ye glad and rejoice in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem. Now here it went from new heaven to new earth. Now he's telling you what he created. I create New Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, I create Jerusalem or rejoicing. And then it says, and her people. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem. And I will joy in my people. Now, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. So God already told you what he created. In Genesis, he created the heaven and earth. So we can see here the heaven 
is Jerusalem. We already see that. I create, in verse 17, new heaven, new earth. So we know what he created. He created Jerusalem. But we have to understand that's who the, the woman was. Jerusalem. That's the king's throne. What, we gave it that in Isaiah 66. In Isaiah 66 and 1, it says, the heaven is my throne. So as, as we know, Jerusalem is the city of the king. Let me show you that. That's Matthew chapter 5. Let's go that first. The gospel of Matthew chapter 5. So we have to know Jesus taught this in the gospel of St. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 34. He was telling them not to swear. Don't swear at all. But then in verse 34 in the gospel of Matthew chapter 5 verse 34, King James. But I say to you, swear not at all. Don't give you three things. Swear not at all. Neither by heaven. And then he's going to tell you, for it is God's throne. Just like Isaiah 66, heaven is my throne. All right? And then it says in verse 35, nor by earth, for it is his footstool. Now, footstool is like a man sitting on the throne, propping his feet up. Footstool. And then it says, neither by Jerusalem. Gave you all three in one verse. Neither by heaven, neither by earth, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. So we know Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Now, what makes up a city? Houses with lights. Buildings with lights. See? That's why he said to Israel, you are the light of the world. See? Because they were a city set on a hill. Jerusalem was built on a mountain. We call that mountain Mount Zion, or we call it Mount Moriah. It's where the temple was built, on Mount Moriah. Jerusalem, this city, was built on a mountain. So you had to go up to Jerusalem. It was a type of heaven on earth. All right. Now, with that in mind, let's go to, for the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Just going to look at the couple, first two verses while we're here. Hebrews chapter 12. I gave you something, I think. I'll be go there later. Hebrews chapter 12. We just look at the first two verses. You all do have what I said I was going to, right? Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. So I don't have nothing out there. Good man. Hebrews chapter 12. Watch what it says in verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. This was Paul talking to the Hebrews. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run this race with patience that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, and that's where they were. The author and finisher of their faith, who for the joy that was set before them, Christ, the joy that was set before him, watch what he did. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down, watch this, at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here's Christ sitting on the throne of God. Isn't that something? Sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Now watch this. Let's go to the next one. Watch what Paul says in the book of Acts. Let's go to Peter. As Stephen was preaching Acts chapter 7. Let's do that one. Acts 7, 44. All through the Bible told you about God's throne. We today don't realize that Christ reigns. He is Lord. He is both Lord and Christ. Acts chapter number seven. We see so much stuff going on the earth, we don't think the Lord reigns. 
We think people are getting away with stuff. You get away with nothing. Amen. You thought your mom and daddy was tough. You don't get away with nothing with God. Just, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 7, verse 44. Let's start right there. It says, I fathers have the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. Now, he's going all the way back to the tabernacle because I'm going to show you the temple of God has many words. Here's one, the tabernacle of witness. The tabernacle is one of the words. You will see these words comes up. You will see the word temple. You see the word tabernacle. You're going to see the word synagogue. All these places are talking about where God lived. But today, when Christ came, we saw the Bible said God was in Christ. But it didn't say ill, it said was. We're going to show you that when I show it to you in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to take you from verse 19, 20, and 21. It's going to tell you to wit God was in Christ. Well, if God was in Christ, then where is God now? See, most people, when they look for God, they always want to say he's up there somewhere. God wants you to come to a place to know that God is in you. And I think if you come to the realization that God lives in this house, your whole life going to change. All the stuff you're doing, is, you're not going to do it no more if you ever realize that God right here. And then not only that, he lives here. Once he moves in, he stays. The key is, have you ever experienced salvation? Salvation means God has delivered your soul into the spirit realm from, the, from darkness into light. That's what it means to be saved. Being saved don't mean I just go to church and I just do all the stuff that the world do. That don't mean you're saved. When God moves in the house and now your soul is put in the spirit realm or put in Christ, now your soul is saved from death, hell, and the grave. So don't take for granted that you're saved just because you go to church. You ought to do that, and you ought to listen to God's word. But until Christ comes inside of you, your soul's not saved yet. So don't play around with salvation. This is not a game. You got a chance to be saved. Look how many people had a chance to be saved in Noah's day. And only eight people were saved. They asked Jesus Christ in his day, but we, that's another story. We'll see that in a minute. So in Acts chapter 7, watch what he's going to do. He's going to remind him of the tabernacle. He said, verse 14, our fathers had the tabernacle witness in the wilderness. He had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which is Christ. He had seen the Lord in the mountain. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles who God drave out before the face of all our fathers unto the day of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle, that's the, uh, the house, David desired to have a tabernacle for God, for the God of Jacob. He wanted to build him a house. And but, but the Bible said in verse 47, but Solomon built him a house. Say that with me. But Solomon built him a house. Now, you, you got to understand, when he said he built him a house, nobody could operate in that house because only the high priest lived in the house. Let me say it again. Let me say it this because you might not understand this. I'm going to teach you about the book of Samuel. And I'm going to show you what made Samuel so special because it was the ministry of the high priest. Under the ministry of Samuel, he lived in the temple. Christ, our high priest, lives in the temple. So you have to understand, if you're the temple of God, then Christ lives in the temple. 
And so we have to understand that. That's why you got to understand how you live in your life. I told you this morning, if you don't live right, you can defile the temple. And if you defile the temple, God will destroy you. Once again, this is not a game. The temple of God is holy. And I'm going to show you in the word what does he mean by defiling the temple. Jesus taught on that. He says, not that what comes into a man's heart that defiles a man, it's what comes out of the man that defiles the man. Because it comes out the man's heart. So you have to understand that this word is, is for us today. We just got to live by it. All right, Acts chapter 7. Then in verse 48, it says, How be it the most high God dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He doesn't live in temples made with hands. People are telling you, yeah, Jesus Christ coming back to Jerusalem. He's coming back to Israel, and they're going to build him a temple, and then we're all going to go over there to the temple. People are lying to you. All that happened in the days of Christ. God's not going to come back and build no temple in Jerusalem. He is the one that tore it down. I'm going to show you the word of God. It was God who tore the temple down. Now you think God's going to come back 2,000 years later and build another temple in Jerusalem? When God destroyed Jerusalem, they, he tore down the temple. You got to go back and read that again. Jesus said there would not be one, left one stone upon another that would not be thrown down. You go back and watch the destruction of Jerusalem, AD 70. You got to Google do it sometime, not on my time. And you will see that Rome came into Jerusalem and destroyed Jerusalem and burned up the temple, tore it down brick by brick. That is over. That was the old Jerusalem with an old temple. So you have to understand the prophet Jeremiah. Before God would build things new, he had to root up, tear down, and destroy before he could rebuild. He tore down the old temple so he can build a new Jerusalem. And that's what he did. So when he said, upon this rock, Matthew 16 and 18, I will build my church. Sure, he did build his church, but he had to also tear down the old one. All right. Now, in the book of Acts chapter 7, verse 48, so how be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, or where is the place of my rest? Has he not, has not my hands made all these things? Where's the place of my rest? Just think about it. Where's the place of my rest? What did God move in your house to do? Rest from all his labor. See, we got to understand this thing. That's what, and we are saying, this is, this, God lives in me. I'm showing you why so many people do not live out half their days. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother, even in the Old Testament, that your days may be long upon the land with the Lord thy God give it to you. See, you look at just a natural mother and father, but God looking at him, honor him. See, Israel was their mother and God was their father. And that's why when you get to the book of Malachi, it talks about where's my honor? That's Malachi chapter 1, 2, 3. So you got to understand when God said honor your father and your mother, he talked about him because he told you don't call no man father upon the earth. For one is your father. So when you don't live right, you don't honor your father. He's not just talking about I didn't curse my mother out. 
He talking about give him honor, give him glory. Well, how do I give God glory? When you live right. You don't give God glory just with your mouth. You give God glory when you live right. We must understand the word. And don't say it can't be done because it can be done. All right, now let's move on. Let's go to where I said this. Let me go to Revelation chapter 21, 1 through 7. Because what happens is, I believe what happens is, we have heard people preach wrong so long, we just believe wrong. And people will tell you, this hadn't happened yet. The whole book of Revelation hadn't even happened, most people teach us. See, what are you going to believe? You're going to believe God? John is telling you what he saw from the front of the Bible to the back. Revelation chapter 21. Say the same thing that John, Revelation 1, 1 through 3. John said, I'm telling you about everything I saw, past tense. And I wrote it down in the book. Revelation chapter 21, I saw. Everything John talking about is I saw. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth, heaven and the first earth were passed away. And I know that because it had been destroyed. And there was no more sea. I, John, saw, past tense, the holy city. He told you what it was, New Jerusalem. Well, he's talking about the 144,000 that came out in the book of Revelation chapter 7. The New Jerusalem. Coming down from God. Coming down from God. They went up in chapter 7. They coming down in, in chapter number, Revelation chapter 21. Coming down out of heaven. Watch this. Prepare as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, you know he's not talking about a building. A building not going to marry a man. Israel will call New Jerusalem. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold the tabernacle of God. Well, that's Christ. The tabernacle of God. We know who that is. That's Christ. He's with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. That same thing I told you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are not going to, passed away and he said unto me and he and he that sat upon the throne said to him behold i make all things new not some things and he said unto me right these words are true and faithful and he said unto me it's done i am alpha and omega on the beginning and the ending said uh Says the Lord, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. You don't want to. You, you don't want to pass this up. You have a chance to be the son, a son of the living God. It. What greater honor? No wonder John says in his writing, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Isn't that something? 1 John 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be like him. We're going to see him as he is. That's what John, that's the awesome thing, that you have the chance to be called a son of the living God. What greater honor to know I can stand here or sit here in the pulpit and tell you, God, the everlasting Father, is my Father. What an honor. Come on, get, clap your hands. There's no greater honor. 
Man, I never forget when my dad died when I was 13 years old, I said to God, I want you to be my father. I didn't even understand that. I didn't have a father no more. And I asked him, Lord, will you be my father? I want you to be my father. That means I will come to you for everything. And that's exactly what you do with a dad, with a father. You bring it all to him. Lay it at his feet and watch him work it out. And boy, I tell you, won't he work it out? Yes, he will. Start treating him like your father. Acting like, but to, to do that, act like a son. Don't act like somebody else, act like his son. If you act like a son, he'll treat you like a father. I'm telling you, I know it. I have no question in my mind. I have no doubt, no question in my mind. These are the kind of principles that I was raised up on. I didn't have nobody but my mother. Five dollars a day. Seven days a week. Had to take care of all of us. But we made it. I remember the day when I didn't have toothpaste. I remember the day when we didn't have two brushes. I called my mother. I said, what are we going to do? The toothpaste is gone. She said, son, you can use the salt. I didn't even understand that. She said, son, take your brush, just bump it into the salt and go right ahead. I said, mother, my teeth was bleeding. She said, don't forget to use the salt. Just bump it in there and do it. It will clean, it will clean your gum and it will kill the disease between your gums. Just don't swallow it. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, all these things. Look at Psalm 102. In Psalm 102, verse 18. That's what turns me on. Jesus said, when you pray, pray Abba, Father. Oh, I get no greater thrill than to do that. It's an awesome thing. I pray all the time. Pray for you this morning, 4 o'clock, always between 4 and 4.30 Sunday morning. But man, I tell you, when I came out of my office, the first service, I never forget. I got out of my face and I talked to the Lord. And that's what I do always. Father. That's what I always call him, Father. It's something that goes through my spirit when I call him Father. When you talk to him as a father, it's like you are his son and daughter. Humbling yourself. Psalms 102 and verse 18. Psalms 102 and verse 18. This shall be written for the generation to come. Now he's down here 2,000 years later. When Christ came. This shall be written to, for the generation to come. And the people which shall be created... That's when Christ came, death, death, and resurrection. The people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. What did God create you to do? He's not just talking about open your mouth, Lord, thank you, thank you, all, all that's good. But he's talking about living holy before him. God gets the glory out your life when you live for him. When you say no to stuff that you should say no to. When you say no, thank you. No, I'm not doing that. Do you know what, jo what jo uh, uh, Joseph did? Soon he got into a place of authority. And here come Potiphar's wife. Looked at him and looked at him as a young man. Knowing you have to do everything I say because I'm Potiphar's wife. But Joseph knew the rules. Because Potiphar didn't give me you. You're another man's wife. You're trying to bring me down before my God. And I won't have it. Because if I mess with you, it ain't against Potiphar. I have somebody greater than Potiphar that rules over my life. That's how you got to think. It's not just my wife won't see it. But the Lord will see it. That's what caused you to live right. When somebody offers you stuff, man don't see this. 
Daddy's asleep. Daddy don't know. Mama's asleep. Yes, but the Lord does. The Lord does not sleep nor slumber. Somebody say amen. How many know he's omnipotent? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at the same time. He knows all. He hears all. He sees all. Somebody give him praise this house. You do nothing without God knowing what you're doing. As a matter of fact, you are never lost. David wrote the psalm, if, if, I, if I make my bed in hell, and that's what happened you in the bed with another woman. Hallelujah. David said, if I make my bed in hell, God, you there. To make your bed in hell means you're in bed with another woman and another man. That's an awesome thing to lay up here with another woman, another man, and God looking right at you. Yeah, look at here. As a matter of fact, God laying up in bed with you. That's why God don't want this mess. And then you, Israel did that. Then they raised their hand up and said to the Lord, he said, look, don't come here, Jeremiah. Jeremiah got right in the front of the gate of the house of the Lord in the book of Jeremiah and said, you go out and you lay up with other men and women. You come here to God's house and you raise your hand and say, the Lord delivereth. He said in that attitude too, because that's what makes God angry. When we ask his children, live any kind of way, and then we turn around and, say, and wish them Lord the same hands. And say, God, I understand. Whew. I don't know if there's any fear of God in you, but it's fear of God in me. The fear of God is showing me until when I was growing up, my mother and daddy, they didn't know anything about, about what we know today, but they feared God. It could be thunder and lightning outside. You think you've been over there doing your phone? No, no, no. You think you've been watching television? Oh, no. You've been sitting down somewhere because that's the first thing they would tell you to do. God is working. And when God is working, you sit down and you shut up until he finished. My mother and daddy didn't know a lot of things, but they feared God. They had respect. How many know what I'm talking about? Had respect unto God. And you got to understand, you got to get that back in your house if you don't have it. You got to get the fear of God back in your house. I'm not talking about I'm scared of God, but I reverence him. I respect him. When the word of God is being ministered, I respect that. Psalm 102, verse 18. This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created. It got to be you and me because I'm going to show you something. Listen to me. I'm going to show you something. It's one thing to be created. It's another thing to be saved. See, I'm going to get to that. It's one thing to be created because God created all men. And I'm going to show you that God's son came and died on the cross to make it happen. And yet people don't believe it. This shall be written for the generation to come. The people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Let me move on. Let's show you what he created. Isaiah 43, 1. I showed you he created Israel. Let's show you who else he created. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. We're going to look at verse 1, verse 7, verse 15, verse 21. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. I already showed you that he created heaven. And that's Jerusalem. He created the heaven. Now I'm showing you he created the earth. Because Israel and the promised land was called the earth. And that's what, where you must understand. It called, together with the temple and Jerusalem and with the rest of the, the nation and the rest of Israel, all that together, the land, the promised land, all that called the heaven and the earth. 
But here it says, but now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. You're not going to find God created nothing else in the Bible but heaven and earth. And he's going to tell you he created Jerusalem and he created Israel. He created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness on the face of the deep. Here he is telling you, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed thee. Now I know that's what happened because that's what happened when Christ died on the cross. He redeemed them. He had to buy them back. That's the book of Hosea that I asked you to read. And you'll see that his wife, Goma, was a prostitute. And he had to come and buy her back. It's an awesome thing, everything God did with Israel. Israel was in the line to be sold as a prostitute by other nations. And Christ came and bought her back. See, that's you got to understand. You got to understand how you got here. We were idols. Worship, we were Gentile, worshiping dumb idols. And yet God saved us. Go back and look at your life. Look what you were doing. Look what you could have been. But God didn't let it end that way. There were many days you didn't think you would ever mount to nothing, never have nothing. And look at you now, girl. Just look at you now. God surely has been good to you. And all he asks you to do is live for him and give him the praise, give him the glory. You might not have a physical husband, but you got a man. Hallelujah. There's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's a man in your life, and you got to be able to let all the other people know, I got a man in my life. I'm going to tell you another thing. There's nothing wrong by wearing a ring on your finger if you know who your man is. I'm, I got to walk a little bit. Somebody say amen. There's nothing wrong with it. See, the key is, you say, well, I'm not married. All the guys, every time they see you, they look at your finger. You need to get yourself a ring. So they say, oh, you married? I sure am. I'm glad you asked. I got a man. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's what my man is. My man is Christ Jesus. See, I wear a ring on each finger. I'm married to this woman, and I'm married to the Lord. Both my rings are just alike. See, I got a man in my life. Do you have a man in your life? Some of y'all are going to move. Listen, listen, I'm a man too. I'm all man. I even got a two-pack. Matter of fact, I'm working on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I got a wife. But I got a man, Christ Jesus. So when, sister, what my sister at? Sister Monroe. Sister Monroe here. Okay, so some more old saying that say, I love you, Jesus. Had us all up here crying. You know why? Talking about your man. <laughs> now you don't want to act like he's your man. Listen, you, you know you're in love with the man. Come on. You wouldn't be up here now if you weren't in love with the man. I got, I got all the things in, my, in my, my prayer book that the man do for me. Under the word, under the word I got on it up being my salvation. All, it covers everything. And I talked to him like that. I said, look, you forgive, you forgave me, you healed me, you delivered me, you saved me, you protect me. I mean, I go on and on and on. I got a long list. Everything my man do for me. So you call him your God. He's your God too. He's your man. He's your savior. He's your Lord. He's everything you want him to be. You got to understand that you got to stop being so bashful when you start talking about your man. Somebody say amen. amen. Nobody can dry my eyes like my man. Amen. Huh? You call him the Holy Ghost. He is that. You call him that because I am 
that I am. So when I need my tears dried, my Father will dry my tears. Somebody say amen. amen. There are times when I don't have money to pay my bills. And you may be passing you. Yeah, you too. Somebody say amen. amen. But I guarantee you that the Lord comes through for you. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He comes through. And then a lot of times my wife would tell me, where are you going to get the money from? I said, my, 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 my Lord will take care of that. I said, God got that. She's going like, well, you're going to have to pay them people. I said, God got it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we have seen it over and over and over and over in this ministry. That I can tell you honestly, God not only will make a way. Anybody got something for me? He is the way. He not only just will make a way. He told you I am the way. Let me get back to my message. I just had to walk a little bit there. I feel that little coming on, man, I'm telling you. But I want, I want, to, I want to do this because I did this this morning. And, and this is something that God wanted me to do in both of these services, I believe. And let's teach the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 2 through 11, out of the NLT. I'm going to do that. I got another nine minutes. I'm going to do that. Haggai. Because this message is about how you're doing his house. See, when I say the temple of God, I'm going to be talking about, I, I don't know how many, I don't know how long I'm going to go here. Because I've been wanting to get here. When, when you realize who you are, let, 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 me go, let me go somewhere else first. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3 first. Look at verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now Paul dealt with this because you're dealing with the church, or the church of God. That's why you get a lot of this in, in, in this teaching. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Now we're teaching out of NLT. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. Teaching out of NLT. You have to understand who you are. Once you came to Christ, God moved in you. Now he lives here. And you have to understand that this house don't belong to you no more. You just can't sit at home and say, I ain't going to church. You should have thought about that before you let Christ come in your heart. Because you're, you're not your own no more. So your life, what you enjoy in life, let me put it that way. What you enjoy in life is predicated on how well you manage the house. Going to get somewhere. Lord, help me to go. How God rewards you in your everyday life is based on how well you can manage the house. That's why the Bible used terms like this here. But my God, that's... Philippians 4 19. I'm not going there. But my God shall supply all your need. He's talking about to manage the house. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So he'll give you anything you need to manage the house as long as you manage the house. What you must understand is God is going to deal, is dealing in your life about management. The car he gave you is based on how well you can manage it. So when you go back and say to the Lord the next time, I want to get that car like he got. And the Lord said, hey, if you can manage it. Now, manage means take care of it. Now, when he put Adam in the garden, what did Adam supposed to do in the garden? Take care of the garden. He was a manager. Guess what happened? He got kicked out. He don't have a garden no more. So you see people, they lose their garden, not their car, you know what I'm talking about. You see him walking. What happened to your car? Couldn't manage it. God will give you whatever you can manage. 
Come on, you're a son. The father will give you what you can manage. You got some women in here right now, God waiting to give them a car and they won't take time to learn how to drive. Don't, I'm not talking about you. How are you going to get what God has for your life if you don't get your license? You must prepare. Girl, I'm going to get my license one day. Huh, you've been saying that how many years now? Well, I won't mess with that. All right, management. Somebody said manage it. The car you drive, you got to manage it. You don't just drive it through all the bars in the back seat. That ain't no manager. Somebody get in your back seat, you're going to say, wait a minute, you can't get back there yet. <laughs> Come on, you're a manager. You're a manager. People asking God for a home. He don't mind what you're having a home. You got to manage it. going to cost you. You got to believe God. I walked outside of my house. I kept saying, man, I got to do something here. Man, I got to do something here. God said, you've been saying that quite a while. I said, I didn't, I don't, I didn't have the money. And God said, get it down. Do you believe me for the money? I said, oh, that's how it works. Get it down. You'll believe me for the money. Now, I got to believe me for the money because I got to pay the man. Some of you need to be homeowners. You've been talking all your life. Yeah, my rent going up. Yeah, I know it's going up. I'm going to $1,500, $1,500, $1,600, $1,700, $1,800, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,900, $1,
that I'm the temple of the living God. You are the temple. But all of us in here are making up one temple. Do you know the Lord is only building one house? And all of us are part of that one house. So when you don't participate, nobody's seen you in two years. You're part of the building. So you can see that part of the body is lacking. See, we got to come out of it. We got to snap out of it. God gave us a two-year vacation. We still talking about the COVID. Child, you got to watch that COVID. Why don't you watch that COVID when you're on the floor? You know what I mean? I mean, we got all kind of stuff now. You didn't know that COVID was out there? Didn't think about no COVID. But when the car is talking about the church, we start talking about, well, you got to watch that COVID. At every party, everything is talking. Now you don't talk about the COVID. Every mall, shop at every store. But when you start talking about the Lord, we've got to watch that COVID. Watch what God says. Don't you realize that all of us are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, let me show you something. I, I read that this morning. My time is gone on the clock. I hope they give me three minutes. I'll be glad to pay you next time. Let's, let's go to Haggai. Now, if you're going to find Haggai, you go to Matthew and bag up two books. For you all who are a little slow on the draw there. Just go to the book of Matthew, which is easy to find, and bag up, and you'll pass Zechariah, and you'll be back at Haggai in no time. Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai. Three books. All right. You even see that was a, Zaph a Zaphonah. You probably ain't seen Zaphonah in quite a while. But Haggai. In Haggai, watch what happened. I'm going to start reading verse 2. This is what the Lord of heaven, heaven's army says, called the Lord of hosts. The people are saying, the time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. See, that's what they were saying that day. Ain't time to go back to church yet. Ain't time to, for, for to build the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent the messages through the prophet Haggai. That's why Haggai's message. He said, why are you living in, this, in your luxurious houses while my house lies in ruin? Now, you're laying up in your nice house, but you ain't got time to go to church. See, you're not worried about God's house. God's house is you. You're laying up in your house. Every now and then, go dip in your pool. All that stuff is fine. God wants all that in your life. But don't short his house. Don't think his house don't need some time. Watch, here we go. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army said. The people are saying, the Lord has not yet come to, the time, the time hadn't come yet to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruin? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but you harvest little. Now he's telling you, telling these people what's going on in their life is based on how they are taking care of the house. You got to understand, it's managing. You got to understand, by you living for God, you being a good manager. Coming, for, coming to church is a part of your management. Israel felt like they didn't need to be going, being in, building a house. They were building a physical house. You building a spiritual house. Your brothers and sisters in this church is in our, your spiritual house. We all working on one building. And you all are part of this one work. So when you sit, it's just like working in a company. This is, this, is, this is a man from General Milk. Don't I use you? 
Can I use this engineer? He's a supervisor. What happened your guy don't show up, man? And they keep on not showing up. They gone? Yeah, I figured. See, that's, you got to understand something. You can't just keep on not going to church. And you're talking about the COVID. You know, we got to watch that COVID. And go right out of here and go to the party tonight. Go to everywhere else. You got to stop lying to yourself. COVID, COVID is over in my life, maybe over in yours. I hope it is. All right, keep going. Watch this. Then the Lord sent a message to Haggai. Watch what he said to these people in verse 6. He said, verse 6, you planted much, but you harvest little. Man, they're taking all the tax out of Did you know how much money they took out of my check this week? You feel it, don't you? Man, gas keep going up. I know it came down on my side of town. Most people don't look, only look on their side of town. My side of town, gas already went down to 485, 482. You come on this side of town, it's $5.29. But you only get gas on this station. I got to get <laughs> My side of town, isn't it? Our side of town, gas $4.80 something. $4.82. Come around this side of town, gas $5.29. Credit card, $5.39. Because they know you're coming. You're coming right there. Got to be a good manager. He's going to have his price 60 cents higher. Drop him. You planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you are not satisfied. You drink, but you are still thirsty. You put clothes on, but you cannot keep warm. You, your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Man, what's going on in my life? You ain't taking care of the house. That's what happened to them. They weren't taking care of God's house. Now, you go to their physical house, oh, it's pow. Then you look at their life, just the opposite. And you wonder why God had attitude. He said, you will, your ways that disappear as though you were putting them in the pocket filled with holes. Watch in verse 11, because I don't have no more time. Go down to verse 11, last verse. He said, I have called for a drought on your fields. Isn't that same God telling the people, I'm doing this. You, you, you're not going to take care of my house? I dry your wallet up. I call for a drought on your fields and your hills, a drought whether the grain, the grapes, the olive trees, your other crops. I call for a drought. I call to starve you. I'm going to starve you. Your last stop is going to be ruined. Everything you have works so hard to get. I'm going to shut it all down. This is what God telling the people. I'm saying, Lord, wait a minute. What? God telling the people, I'm going to shut your house down until you start taking care of mine. Take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. Give the Lord a big hand. I'm done right there. This is not a game. I'm showing you on the screen. This is not a game. You watch people. You watch people. God do not want you to prosper and then act like you don't know him. He's the one who gave you the job. He gave you the money. He gave you everything. So look, he wants you to live for God. Don't you go back to the lifestyle you left. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Look, don't, don't take for granted. Don't defile the house of the Lord. I'm going to show you a lot of word in here, but you cannot let it just go to waste. You got to manage this house. Just like the one you have physically. You got to manage your house. You got you are a manager. It's just like a car. You got to bring it in to get it tuned up. You got to have tires changed. You got to have radiator. Things have to have same way with your physical house. Same way with God's house. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.